Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to help give a hand, do it in the form of a thumbs up. And make sure to hit the subscribe button while you're down there, too. That said, our first story of the day is by FitCoyote7117. Night shift manager suffers consequences of her own actions. Full disclosure, the story happened around 2009 to 2010. I, male 23 at the time, had graduated college two years prior and was unable to find work in the Great Recession, so I stayed on at my college job working in a grocery store. At this point, I had landed my first real job outside and had put in my two weeks notice, but nobody knew but the day manager. Now, anyone who's ever worked in a grocery store or a similar retail environment knows that there's always a middle-aged woman with an outsized ego, usually obese but not always, running the evening shift after anyone with even remote qualifications has gone home. It's practically part of the position to have a weird sadistic streak and to inflate yourself on the modicum of power the position provides. I digress. A similar-aged fellow, Walter, and I had finished our night's work being the industrious lads that we were. If you've worked in this environment, you also know this weird sadistic night manager will try to squeeze every single minute of work out of you as possible so as to make herself look as good as possible. So Walter and I are in the back room doing light duty until close, which is about two hours away. In walks sadistic night manager who starts going off about how we're stealing time. We weren't, we were doing light duty, sweeping, sorting, etc. I inform her we're hourly workers with an assigned nightly workload and we're on to our assigned light duty after finishing. This goes over about as well as if I threw a cup of vomit at her. Sadistic night manager drags us out to the dairy case, gives us a shopping cart, some cleaner, and instructs us to pull out the product, clean the shelving, and reset the product. Walter, who hated sadistic night manager's guts, got this look on his face. Something I've never seen before, and something I hope I never see again. Walter explained his plan, and we both went and got about five more shopping carts each. We fully pulled the case, cleaned the shelving, most importantly removed the tags to clean under them, and oops, that was our time for the night. Now there's about $2,000 of dairy that can't be out for more than a few hours max, sitting in the aisle of the store with no one to put it back. We tell sadistic night manager it's there and leave for the night. The store's closing in about 10 minutes, 11 p.m., and sadistic night manager has $2,000 of dairy set to expire on our watch. Anyone who works in a supermarket also knows that the store managers watch the time clocks like hawks, and everyone is hourly until you make a certain grade. So there's only like two salary positions in a store, usually GM and assistant GM. Sadistic night manager can't run up her time since she's a 40-hour employee eligible for overtime and now has to clock out and spend hours for free figuring out the planogram, basically where everything is supposed to go since the tags were off. I talk to the night shift guys every now and again, and according to them, she was there until about 2.30 to 3 in the morning, getting everything back the way it was since she decided to be a jerk 
and decide that work we were doing wasn't good enough or didn't properly inflate her ego. Do you agree with OP that every store has this sadistic night manager? Some kind of token manager that is just a nightmare to everybody around them? Honestly, I've never worked retail, and I still find myself feeling like OP's absolutely right. What about you guys? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by R. Duncan G. Ex-wife wants to itemize and split the cost of everything. So my ex-wife and I used to have a great relationship but she's become petty and somewhat vindictive these last couple months. Our relationship started going downhill after her daughter, my ex-stepdaughter, broke into my house and stole from me and my new wife while we were on vacation together. Yes, I invited my ex-wife and her boyfriend to come on vacation with us, so it would be a family thing. My current wife was completely fine with it. Not only did we invite them, we paid for everything plane tickets, rental house, meals, activities, etc. We've done this before, and it was nice. While we were on vacation, my ex-wife's daughter broke into our house and stole from us. We had to file a police report because some of the things stolen was medication, and we couldn't get new prescriptions without filing a police report. This upset my ex-wife, even though we told her before we called the police. And she said, do what you need to do. Before this, my ex and I would pretty much just buy what the kids needed while we had them. Every once in a while, she'd ask me to split the cost of some things, and I would. I have never asked her to split the cost of anything prior to this. But lately, she's been asking to split the cost of just about everything. Fine, whatever. I usually get most of the things for the kids anyway. About a month ago, my son needed some new equipment for indoor lacs. She asked if I would split. I said fine. When she took him out shopping, they couldn't find everything. So I bought most of it online. I asked her what she bought and how much, and I told her what I bought and how much. It turned out she owed me for the split. It was only $40. I would have let it go, but she hounded me for a week over 5 bucks. This pissed her off. She'd be fine when I have to pay her, but gets pissed when she has to pay me. I only asked her for the portion of the split because she asked me to split the cost in the first place. We argued back and forth, and then she came up with a list of things we should not have to split, and anything else we would split. So I started to keep track of things that I paid for that were not to be split between us. She gave me her list, and what I owe her, not a lot, I owe her 80 bucks. But when I gave her my list and her share, she now owes me $425. This might be kind of a weird analogy to bring into this. But this kind of makes me think of like drawing voting districts in certain states. To me, it sounded like the ex-wife was trying to outline all the things that she probably wouldn't have to split money on very often, only they didn't do a very good job. Maybe they got halfway into it and realized, oh crap, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to have to split that I just can't ignore. Going into it thinking they can avoid most of the expenses and push most of the costly stuff on OP, but the reality is, kids are darn expensive. Our next story is by a lot of dashes and underscores. My manager tried to be petty about me being late to work twice, for valid reasons, and it backfired. I've had a migraine for going on over a week now. I had a doctor's appointment scheduled for next week to get help with it and my doctor couldn't see me sooner. Due to the severity of it at times, I was 5 minutes late to work twice this week. Literally 5 minutes when I'm usually on time. Both times were because I literally had to stop my commute to throw up due to the pain. I informed my manager of the situation, but because he likes to run a tight ship, he demanded I pay $20 for a doctor's note for those two days and get it before my next shift, today. $20 is roughly what I get paid for two hours of work after taxes. Anyways, I went to the walk-in clinic this morning before work. 
I had to wait until today because today is the day we get paid, and I was broke after paying rent on the 1st. The doctor who I met for the first time blew all of my symptoms out of proportion. Migraine, tiredness, and red eyes from not sleeping well. He said that I had to get tested for COVID and self-isolate until I get the results. Since it's the weekend, I probably won't get the results until Monday afternoon. Here's the best part. Since I only work four days a week and I was scheduled Friday to Monday, I'm eligible to receive two weeks of COVID benefits from the government in my country. Friday slash Saturday being part of this week and Sunday slash Monday being part of next week. The criteria states you're eligible if your schedule is cut by 50%. So I'm getting $1,000 to have a long weekend at home when I would have only gotten paid $325 if I'd worked. After I tell my manager this, he said I have to come in because they're short-staffed and nobody can work but me. Then he accused me of lying. It felt great to say, I'm sorry sir, but it's the law. You'll get your doctor's note when I see you on Tuesday. Considering the runaround they gave you and telling you to come in even when you told them that you're legitimately sick and you have a doctor's note, might be worth weighing your options to see if there's any other jobs that might be out there for you. Our next story is from an anonymous poster. Boss excluded me from a meeting about my clients. Ended up having to deal with a very irate customer. So as always, a little backstory to set the scene. I was organizing private travel for ultra-high net worth individuals, generally focusing on European travel. About a month ago, I handed in my two-month notice as I'd found a new role elsewhere. After two and a half years of dealing with my narcissistic manager's constant passive-aggressive needling and bullying, Quick introduction to the characters in the story. Narcissistic boss, we shall call Napoleon. I'm sure you can make the connection there. Client, we'll call Dingo, because he's Australian, but that bears absolutely no relation to what happened in this story. So, as mentioned, a couple of weeks back, I handed in my two-month notice to leave the company. And one of the first things Napoleon asked me to do was to put together a full handover of my client list. With a bit of an explanation of their likes and dislikes, regular routes, example margins for flights, etc, etc. As I'm moving to a completely different industry, this was absolutely fine and gave me something to do. This handover went unacknowledged for about four weeks while I wrapped my stuff up and spent a lot of time sitting around doing sod all. Wednesday this week, Napoleon decides, right, let's go and decide who gets which of OP's clients then. You don't need to come up, OP. Stay here and man the phones. I had three flights that were already booked months ago that would be operating after I'd officially left the company. So these were essentially free money towards targets for whoever gets to deal with them at the start of the next year. Napoleon, being a narcissist and a greedy butt, decides that the two flights with the biggest margin he'd take for himself and screw everyone else. However, had he had me in the meeting to discuss the clients, he would have known that I was in the middle of a fairly difficult discussion with client Dingo over a flight to a certain alpine resort at the end of December. Essentially, we'd been told there were no landing options for the requested airport, and they would have to use a different airport about 45 minutes drive further away. He'd chosen the original one as his kids get car sick, so he wanted to cut down the drive time. I'd been going back and forth with the aircraft owner trying to find a solution, and while they were up in the meeting, eventually broke the bad news to Dingo, but advised that we would offer him money off a future flight, and therefore cutting our margin as an apology. Dingo did not like this, and responded with a scathing email advising us of how awful this all was, and how he was considering cancelling the flight, and he'd think about the options that I provided him, and get back to me later that day. Cue malicious compliance? 
Napoleon comes down from the meeting and advises, Oh, I'll be looking after Dingo and so and so other clients from now on for you. So I thought, brilliant. If he wants the margin and didn't bother to get the background, he can deal with the fallout. So I send over an email to Dingo saying, I'm so sorry for all the issues that you faced with this, and I understand how disappointed you are. Please note I've escalated this directly to my manager Napoleon, who will now be dealing with this all personally from this point forward. When Napoleon saw this, he responded, Um, what are you doing? You don't leave for another two weeks. To which I responded, You asked me to hand things over and advise that you'd be dealing with Dingo. So I've handed Dingo over to you as requested. Any information you need is in the handover I gave you a couple of weeks ago, as clearly you don't need any more information. Napoleon lost his crap with me and then had to spend the next two days groveling to Dingo, dealing with a very difficult operator and knowing that if he'd thought for a second, maybe it might be useful to have him up here to talk us through the clients, then he wouldn't have to be dealing with this. While I washed my hands of what was becoming a fairly stressful situation and went back to doing various pointless busy work as I work out my notice. Frankly, I think this is a lesson learned. If you have an employee leaving your company under your watch, you'll probably want them to lay out everything that's going on with their work to make sure whoever's jumping onto it can do a good job. And especially if you're making a choice for people to choose what they jump onto, it just makes sense to have the full scope of what's going on before they choose it. And our final story of the day is by Chris J. 1103 engineering manager enforcing start times backfires with complaints. For context, I'm an engineer in a radiation therapy department at a hospital. One of my team's daily duties is starting and quality testing treatment equipment before clinical teams use it to treat patients. Our official starting time is 6 o'clock to allow treatment to start at 7.30. However, myself and two others on the team have always chosen to start earlier, usually around 5.30, to make sure everything got completed on time for the sake of the patients. We never claimed overtime for this extra half hour and still finished our shift at the time we were supposed to. Recently, our manager, who is not an engineer, told us that we're no longer allowed to start work before 6 o'clock. So we did exactly that. We wait in our cars outside till 6 a.m. on the dot, then we enter the building, start the equipment, and begin our work. As a result, at least one treatment machine is signed over late, sometimes only as little as 5 minutes. Every clinical day, because our testing sessions take as long as they need to, this delay ends up meaning treatments are running behind before they even begin, which does not go down well with clinical teams, who in turn send no end of complaints to our manager asking him to allow us to start at the time we know we need to, just so they can start treating on time. But this manager is a stubborn jerk who won't budge, so we're stuck in the middle of wanting to get the machines ready on time for the sake of the patients, but can't because of how long the tests we perform take. As much as OP wants to go out there and do this extra work for the patients, the thing is, it's unpaid labor, and in the eyes of the law, they wouldn't take kindly to that if it ended up in a court case. All it would take is for those employers and managers to accept that 5.30 start time off the clock, and for one employee to do that for a year, get upset that they're not being paid for that half hour every single day for a year, take it to court, and not only that employee is going to get discovered for this, but every other employee that starts half an hour early is all of a sudden probably going to get dragged into this 
And that's thousands and thousands of dollars all of a sudden that they owe. Not only the liability of it, but you just deserve to work only what you're getting paid for. It's a very noble cause for the patients, but they should just rework it so it fits within the working time. Not have a situation where you have to come in early just to make sure everything doesn't mess up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.